We speak to Bloomberg Media's chief executive, Justin B. Smith, about the strong appetite he's seeing among CEOs of the world's largest companies for in-person events in the latter half of 2021. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. If you enjoy this show, please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio content. With me is my co-host, Kelsey Warner, the future editor of The National. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, Mustafa. How's everything? I'm well. I'm excited to be talking about this new future reality we may hopefully be living in according to the CEO of Bloomberg Media. Well, I spoke to Justin B. Smith about uh, essentially their big conference coming up in November in Singapore, the New Economy Forum. And he uh, gave some interesting insight on where demand is for in-person events and why and how, I guess, it's going to happen and unfold the future of these business conferences. Um, Let's listen to Justin B. Smith, Chief Executive of Bloomberg Media. 2020 came around in 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 March of last year, and um, you know, and the pandemic hit the U.S. in the middle of March. Uh, obviously, it hit Asia in, in in December, January. Then it hit Europe and the U.S. And so, um, all of our global live events businesses were immediately put on hold. Probably had hundreds of of live events in planning at the time, this obviously changed everything. As an organization, we, we, we shifted gears very rapidly and moved to a sort of a very fast test and learn approach with virtual convening and, uh, and began moving, well, actually all of our convenings online. We did nothing in person for the whole 2020. And that of course led to the new economy forum um, being held virtually in November of 2020. Um, which was a uh, you know a, a, a very very interesting and, and exciting and challenging uh, and ultimately rewarding experience for us because we we held the mission consistent with previous years meaning we wanted to convene the most important leaders of the new global economy and have the most substantive conversations you know we 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 feel like we were extru- very successful at at uh, accomplishing that objective and had some great participation. Uh, we had, I think, six or seven heads of state, including Narendra Modi, uh, Prime Minister of India, including um, Ursula von der Leyen, the President of the e- European Union, and and many, many more. And um, frankly, it was a it, it gave the, the the project actually, in, in some sense, actually was enhanced and was broadened because of the the power of digital distribution for virtual content um, because we ended up streaming uh, much of the conversations, if not all the conversations, you know, on all of Bloomberg's media platforms all around the world in 2020. And which led to huge, huge global audiences being exposed to the new economy brand. And, and that was, I think also a really powerful learning too, because you heretofore it had been an in-person gathering of, of 400 people, very much designed to be small and boutique, but in the, the virtual event in 2020 really allowed us to, to, to open up the doors, if you will. And that was, you know, I think it is especially as, as one or one, you know, as the subjects they're dealing with are, 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 are universal or cross-border, uh, affect all of humanity, issues like climate and public health. And so I know this is a long-winded answer, but I'm giving you, I guess, the sort of the, the sweeping, broader scope of the last four years. But leading up to your to the, your specific question, which is, you know, as as 2021 turned the corner, and um, 
as the vaccination rollout began across the world, uh, obviously, even, even though in an uneven way, we began sort of having conversations with various members of our community of, uh, of participants, of leaders, and we identified a, a very, very strong appetite for, for engaging in person again, um, in particular in the timeframe that we've chosen, which is you know, the, the November 2021 timeframe. And also in particular, I think related to the, to, to the location we've chosen, which is returning to Singapore. I must have, I've spoken with at least, at least a hundred um, Fortune 500 CEOs across the last, you know, couple of months. And I would say a, a very, very high percentage um, have, have indicated that, you know, they are itching to, to get out into the world again in person, that they're, they're, they're the fourth quarter of 2021 is, is, feels like the right time frame. Uh, you know, we, you know, COP26 will take place in, um, in Glasgow in the, in the end of October, and the New Economy Forum will take place in Singapore uh, November 16 through 19, uh, which will be the first, I think, uh, meaningful and important gathering of, of global private sector leaders after COP. And of course, climate and the implementation and the, the next steps type conversations coming out of, the, of Glasgow I think are going to be a very, very important priority for, for the for the for the agenda in Singapore in, in November. Uh, Justin, it's good that you you did that sort of sweeping cov- coverage of, of what's happened from 2018 till now, because you know the, the, the recent history is is very instructive. Um, when the New Economy Forum, the inaugural event in November in November 2018 or October 2018 in Singapore, populism around the world was at its height, if you like, and and center ground um, politics, what we had known, um, you know, private and public sector cooperation uh, to deal with a lot of issues was was very much in retreat. And I remember that a lot of the discussions um, around the forum and at the forum were about sort of bolstering the center, re-energizing the center, finding solutions um, to the biggest issues, whether they be climate change or, you know, a new new kind of business paradigm. And you had working groups set up. Um, to kind of really find practical solutions, and like you said, it was it was supposed to be uh, a boutique uh, conference to to really do that. And you mentioned content, of course, the content was there, panel discussions, uh, talks, but really it was as much about uh, you know getting that that center ground uh, strengthened again. And and so much has changed since, and and almost you could argue that um, the public health crisis around the world has almost given. Um, an issue um, for the center to coagulate around. And then you have climate change is also now no longer a kind of as polarizing an issue as perhaps it was in 2018 as well. So do you, you know, how does that play into bringing people together later this year in in Singapore again? I mean, I think that, I mean, I agree with, with all of the points you've made. I mean, if the original premise of, the new economy forum and when we when it was just the kernel of an idea in mike bloomberg's mind if the original founding idea was around bringing people together from all around the world especially the new emerging global economies that are going to be so much more important in the next 50 years in terms of decision making influence and power bring people together to from new global economies and from both the private sector globally, but also the public sector and the and the the interaction between the public sector and the private sector, in order to tackle 
cross-border questions uh, and issues and problems that the public sector has may not be able to solve by themselves, either because of their cross-border nature or because of just the scale of the problem. So if, you, if, if, that, if that is the original premise, and then you fast forward six years to what we've experienced over the last five, six years, as you say, I mean, between, you know, between the populism, so the nationalism, uh, the trade wars that we went through, the accelerating climate crisis, and of course, you know, the probably the, the largest punctuation point, which brought it home to everyone's lives and, and personal lives and families, in some ways, you know, to, to, to tragic outcomes, of course, was the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So in a sense, the, the thesis of the New Economy Forum has sort of been extremely, I think, prescient and, you know, has made this gathering um, with this mission, you know, that much more relevant, that much more urgent uh, every single year. And so particularly coming out of COVID-19, clearly the, the task at hand is massive. You know, we're, we're, we first and foremost need to come together as a planet and as a global c- community to, to really understand how we, how we will change our uh, approach to public health cross-border public health crises so that we can not see the devastation and the the death uh, and the disease which which was caused by this uh, but this particular pathogen that's a that's a massive massive urgent issue and alongside it is of course the accelerating climate issue which is even in the last you know I'd say argue two three four five years due to you know all the impacts of climate change on on so many parts of the world and so many uh, parts of the global economy and the accelerating forces at play here make that um, issue all of a sudden a sort of front and center urgent issue for you know for for leaders around the world. Um, whereas I would say you know five six years ago, if you said to a global CEO, um, you know how high is our pub, our global public health concerns or how how high are climate concerns, or even you can add in a, another dimension, which is important to our conversations, how high are equality concerns and questions of inequality and creating a more inclusive global economic system? You know, I think five, 10 years ago, those would not be front and center for, for many of these, these global leaders. More so on the government side, they may be more front and center, but not on the private sector side. And so the world has changed and, and, and we've, you know, we've been forced to change because of these mounting crises and um, really the, the chance to, to be the, one of the first post-COVID in-person gather, gatherings to begin architecting, designing, and collaborating around these, 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 these global solutions is so, is so important. And again, in the, the U.S.-China relationship also sits at the backdrop of this. Well, that, that uh, hasn't changed. I mean, that's the interesting thing. It, it may have ebbed and flowed, but, but since 2018, we, we're now we're still fa- having this question mark of what what is what are their relations going to look like are they going to improve no i think the um the view that, that we take of the new economy forum is that you know china is going to be an incredibly consequential player in in the world and, and country in the world it's already the second largest economy it's growing very rapidly there are no global solutions to some of these cross border issues which don't involve deeply involve china or the U.S. for that matter, you know, or you know, large other large uh, jurisdictions around the world. But let's just stick with U.S. China. And so, the I think the purpose of the New Economy Forum is, you know, is is can be stripped down to sort of a very simple idea, which is, you know, 
which is constructive engagement amongst these different parties around the issues in the in the subject matter areas where number one the urgency of the need for ideas and collaboration and global improvements is is necessary uh, i.e climate i.e public health and frankly you know in the totality of a kind of a bilateral relationship like the us and china has is really looking for as many of the areas of, of potential collaboration as possible while acknowledging that of course there you know there is there is there are elements of the relationship that are that will reflect you know strategic competition but but climate and public health i think do represent two areas where not just the us and chinese bilateral relationship can can find common ground but where the where the world can really find common ground and must find common ground the urgency especially with these big these big looming urgent issues um the the opportunity for for the world to come together uh, in a more constructive way on these issues is is real and i think you know certainly that's what we're going to try to do in singapore the another sort of pressing uh, topic that again has emerged uh, in in particular post pandemic is has been about the big technology companies the the all powerful um tech companies that control our, our digital lives um you know, you, you have uh, a bunch in China, of course, uh, like Alibaba, and then you have the, the big Silicon Valley companies as well. I mean, is, is that likely to be a topic of do, do we need sort of global regulation? Do we need to cooperate in terms of, of how we tax them? You know, is, is that a topic that's likely to be to, to be a subject of discussion uh, at the New Economy Forum this time around? It's very it's a it's an issue that we care tremendously about, just given the that we are you know maybe the largest news journalism company uh, in the world. We, we have one, if not the largest newsrooms in the world of, of journalists. We, you know, the, the relationship between the platforms and the, the, the journalism companies is a, is a, is a fraught one. And uh, you know, one where there, you know, for, I think for a number of many, many years now, there's been sort of an imbalance on, you know, on value uh, allocation um, where I think a lot of the content from from news journalism companies has been has been used um, to to drive the engagement and tension on on tech platforms and and yet the you know the 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 economics that don't really reflect that um, that's that's one issue that's more of an industry issue obviously there's the the more global issues around misinformation and and the and and taking and and, and the important need for for editorial responsibility around around the truth and around facts. Um, those are big issues. They're not going to be front and center for the new economy forum only because we had to focus on, on four or five issues. And then the issues that we've, you know, that we've chosen are the ones I mentioned around, around climate, public health, uh, cities, finance and trade and, um, and, and the like. So we, 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 I'm sure technology will come up along in the conversations, but it's not, it's not one of the core pillars. That was uh, Justin B. Smith, the chief executive of Bloomberg Media, talking to me about events. Um, so, Kelsey, he was very keen about uh, a number of things uh, when it comes to the new economy forum that they're hosting in Singapore in November. Uh, number one, he, he said that there was strong appetite from you know CEOs, business leaders about in-person events in the final quarter of the year, but that there was a lot of focus on safety and hygiene. And that the destination mattered, in this case, Singapore, there being confidence in their ability to, to, to handle the conference safely. Um, and, and I guess if he's indicating where things are, then perhaps as we 
move into 2022, we might see more in-person gatherings. But again, very much on that criteria. It sounds that way. I mean, Singapore, I think from day one of the COVID-19 pandemic, built its brand on safety, security, and hygiene. And so if other cities and countries want to learn from the Singapore model, it is if you are to attract large crowds in the future, you would do well to be building a brand and a PR mechanism around how you keep people safe, clean, healthy. Uh, And the other thing, too, is the new economy forum being the first convening of business leaders following the UN's climate meeting in Glasgow is why we want to watch this space in particular. The new economy forum, you know, being a place that is trying to set climate-related financial disclosures, which is something you and I, I think, have been talking about for the last year, is if there's a new stakeholder capitalism mentality, how are we holding people and leaders accountable? The New Economy Forum, I think, really hopes to answer that question. Yeah, and uh, the event, it, it's an interesting time because when its first inaugural uh, edition was in Singapore as well in 2018. And the the big uh, discussion points was the sort of the polarization of, of politics um, and the rise of populism. And they wanted to use that event as a way to claim the middle ground, but also that they wanted to acknowledge, it's in the name, the new economies, they wanted to acknowledge the rising the rising powers in the world that would play a huge part in the future, in particular China, that it wasn't just about Europe and the US, um, but it was about these these other economies that were emerging through, including in the Middle East, including the UAE and other countries um, in in Asia as well. So we 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 kind of come and find find ourselves sort of almost back to to square one where China is concerned via the US. We thought probably that. There might be some softening in in the relationship because of the we kind of passed that peak of the trade war, but it seems that that frostiness is continuing, and we're still trying to understand what the relationship will look like between the U.S. and China, the two two world powers. And they're both in interesting places in their recovery. China coming roaring out as you know it was the first to be victimized or to be fallen by COVID nineteen, and then the U.S. really with kind of a heroic vaccine effort. So both countries in interesting places and in new competitive areas, certainly. I think both of them not on the back foot by any means by November of this year. And there's real momentum on climate, to your point about the Glasgow COP26 summit that's happening just before the New Economy Forum. But we had the you know uh, US President Joe Biden gathering world leaders online. Uh, and And we've even seen countries that perhaps we wouldn't have said were leading the charge now making their own commitments china for example different on a different scale on a different timeline but there is some of that momentum back from 2015 from the paris deal so again whether it's new economy forum or other events in the future world economic forum whatever it might be then we might see you know further progress on on climate change which i think nobody is now saying isn't an urgent matter. No, and so that's moved on. I am very curious. Okay, in-person event for November. India was really the country to watch for the second half of the 21st century. If China was who we were watching at the turn of this century. And I feel like we have to take a moment and pause and think, this may mean except for India at the table. And how do you include that country in a virtual space while the rest of the world is planning to move on by November? But for all indications right now the world is planning sort of without India and 
Um, it's really sad for one, but as a roaring economy prior to the pandemic, a growing populous country uh, that certainly needs to play a major role in the COP conversations, I really do wonder, okay, U.S., China, but let's not forget India as we look ahead to the end of the year. And uh, that's an open question, of course. Yes. And it, it's a warning uh, for everyone that the pandemic has not completely gone away. But again, it comes back to that. If we're talking about in-person events, it comes back to safety protocols. It comes back to hygiene. I think we'll have to be on red alert the whole time. And there will need, and you need to pick your destination based on that. So at the moment, you're unlike, you know, with travel protocols the way they are, you're unlikely to invite anyone from a country that's got a COVID spike. So by the time we get around to November, whether it's COP26 or, or the New Economy Forum or whatever it might be, organizers will have to see which countries are spiking. And maybe there has to be a decision taken on whether those people who are invited are, are, are moved to an online invitation or not. It's not, nothing is going, to be, is going to be static between now and the end of the year, even if the appetite is still there. What I'm seeing emerging is a trend of the haves and the have-nots that we, if the pandemic in the last year was called a bit of an equalizer, talk, starting to talk about the end of 2021, you're starting to see stratifications emerge. Well, inequality was a problem before the <laughs> pandemic, but it, it continued, it will continue it to will be continue. even and, more so, right? And I think, so I guess the point I want to make is it's taking a new geopolitical angle that we're starting to see now as we're talking about in-person events returning, major vaccination efforts. We're starting to see the left behinds emerge. Kelsey Warner, thanks so much for being with us. Good to be here. Thank you all for listening. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. Do join us again next time. 